Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 a plan for your life. You've set goals. You know where you want to go. Congratulations on finding Star Style. Be the star you are. Our vibrant hosts, passion, purpose, and possibility producer Cynthia Bryan and her energetic daughter, healthy living specialist Heather Brittany, share the best roads, fastest detours, and successful strategies for a life worth living. Reach your potential with their personal achievement coaching, miracle moments, inspiring guests, titillating interviews, and business bites. Be introduced to new books and innovative ideas that encourage you to live a positive, sustainable lifestyle while achieving your dreams. Ignite your power, make a difference in the world, and shoot for the stars. It's the power hour of living, loving, laughing, and learning. On Star Style, be the star you are. Lend us your ears. The party starts now. Never say never. Live your dream. Well, hello, Power Partners, and welcome to our Hour of Power. This is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And you are listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, brought to the airwaves under the species of Be the Star You Are, Literacy and Positive Media Charity. We hope that you will be excited today as we are coming to you live on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The Miracle Moment is brought to you by Be The Star You Are, charity empowering women, families, and youth to lead better lives. Visit www.btsya.org. The Miracle Moment is from George Eliot. It's never too late to become what you might have been. Mm. Yeah, think about it. It's never too late to become what you might have been. In other words, be the star you are. Just always yeah, go for what it is you're, you need to go for. Well, you know, a really, really fun show today because I don't know if anybody knows it out there, but the best-selling books on the market today for adults are actually coloring books. And since Heather was a child, she has been coloring, 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 going everywhere, bringing her coloring books and her Crayolas and all these things. And as an adult, she's done the same thing. So how great is it to find out that the color book queen is now actually um, being celebrated because what she's been doing all these years is actually showing that it helps you be more creative, it heals you, and it becomes meditative. So that's what we're talking about in our first segment. In our second segment, we're going to just do a few tidbits and things that will help you get through the day. It's, we're going to talk about identity theft, the benefits of the ocean and the sea, omega-3s, how to keep your enthusiasm buzzing, and even some margarita mania, which um, a few kind of cool margaritas. It's summer. I like a good margarita, and I'm going to give you a few recipes. And then finally, we will go into the garden and... We'll talk about what's really bugging us, and you know it's called bug out. 
So uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy Star Style, Be the Star You Are. So Heather, I was so excited when I came across this research about the best-selling books on the market today for adults being coloring books. I mean, who would have thought? I know that every place you go, you bring yours. So how did you feel when you actually found that out, when you actually heard about that? Yeah, well, you know what's funny? So you've always had this saying that, you know, if you have a bad day, just go buy a new box of coloring crayons, you know, coloring book and a new box of crayons and paint yourself a new day. You know, sort of just start over. You have the ability to change your, you know, your attitude towards it. And we used to do that actually quite literally. I remember in high school I would have just those rough days and you get me a new box of crayons and a new coloring book. And there was this really therapeutic thing to it that it was fun, it was relaxing, and it kind of distracted me from those, the negative things that was going on. And as a kid, you know, we're all about creativity, that that's the main thing that, you know, you make those horrible pictures, you know, they're, you know, outside lines and scribbly and just, you know, not exactly, um, you know, amazing things. But then I go and, you know, look at Picasso and all those kinds of stuff. So what is art exactly? But those things that you're so proud of that your parents put on the fridge, they frame, um, and it was, you know, that was your job when you were younger. It was, the, you know, coloring and, you know, staying inside the lines or ABCs. Things were simplistic. And it was all about cultivating um, creativity in children. That That's why there are those art classes and, and finger painting and, and different uh, physical activity things to, to kind of get kids interested in things. And as we become adults, um, more and more lives become structured that, you know, those fun classes, then become the more serious classes and you know there's the, just the work hard play hard that people are working towards the weekend and, um, and you know what people doing- lose that ability to be a child again and just lose yourself in something creative the older we get we get too self-conscious about coloring inside the lines and about being perfect as opposed to just being free for all and enjoying the process as little kids so often do yeah, and you know something too. When you're a kid, a lot of times too, um, you know, you make mistakes, and then you start over on a new page. And as an adult, um, the therapeutic sense of it is that you're probably you're probably an already a good color, um, and that you know you can kind of get more artistic with it. As that as these new coloring books are, I personally don't have any of these fancy fancy uh, coloring books. Is that what these top sellers that you're speaking of? Um, they're not, you know, the Garfield and Disney characters that they're, they almost look like actual paintings. Sort of think of those coloring Well, but you actually just buy kids' coloring books still to keep your exactly. creativity no, going, and, and you bring and those for, to parties. Yeah, and for me, I feel like that's the kind of the fun thing because that's what I grew up on. So there is that fun and that creative as well as that therapeutic side. And I used to always, you know, it's just one of those things that, for me, I'm just constantly go, go, go. But then I also kind of just get in that time where I just want to do something or I feel I get very handsy. I just need to do something. And, and sometimes, you know, in social things, I kind of get over it. You know, that almost that shyness with people would always kind of find surprising because I'm so extroverted. I'm at the same time very introverted. And um, I would, you know, always bring coloring books with me. It's just kind of something, you know, kind of just sit and do it. And at first people start off by, you know, um, like, oh, my God, is that a coloring book? And then before you know it, when I say, well, yeah, do you want to color her? That people are so shocked and that sense of like, you know, I haven't colored since I was a kid kind of brings all that nostalgic, really right. nice. Right, and they start having a really good time, right? Yeah, and, you know, and, and uh, you know, years ago, I'd say about, 
two years ago, about seven years ago probably, um, at a friend of ours' house, there became this like competition of who would win best coloring uh, picture on the fridge, and people would come over, you know, and they would say things about it, and you know, whoever got the most sort of nominations would get to stay on the fridge. And but it'd be funny sometimes people would come over and ask like, oh, you know, does someone even have a little sister or you know babysitting? Because you know whose house um, and their twenties has they're probably displaying their coloring pictures on it. So um, there was a thing of it that it was really fun. You know, it kind of started as just sort of um, almost that kind of that thing to, to you know, that the, the shy kid does, you know, keep himself occupied, um, became this really fun thing for everyone, and everyone wanted to be part of it. And I think even now to this day, I love, you know, coloring. And, and just talking about it, I realize there's, we live in such this stressful go-go-go world, we rarely allow our time, um, allow ourselves these uh, breaks or to do something that just cultivates fun, that is just creative. Unless, you know, we work, we're a jewelry designer, an artist. Like, for the most part, people work, in, you know, nine to five jobs, five days a week, usually in office. Usually, you know, even though it may be a successful, it might be a great dream job, sometimes things um, aren't, you know, cultivating that, that, that creativity that we all need, that we need to express. And, you know, with the student coloring stuff, it, it really does allow people to express it, especially um, at this older age. I think, you know, we, we don't allow ourselves to kind of pencil it in. And recently this big thing that's been coming on is these wine and paint parties. I wanted to do one so bad. My sister-in-law. Right. I see those time. all the time, and that's a really yeah, cool idea. So basically what it is you're paying money, I mean, you could do it one at your house, but there is always the same thing. Just as, you know, you go to a bar that you could do drink at home, they say, you know, more, much more, much more than when you go out to a place. Even if you're going to a place somewhere on your own, there is just that social aspect of being out in the world that we need, that interaction. When, even if we're not interacting with people, we just need to be around people at times. We need to be socialized. And there's these parties now that they do, that they host. I think, you know, they range anywhere from 30 to $65, and they'll host it at a restaurant or some kind of rec center. And what it is is that, you know, they kind of, they will have a picture for the night that you try painting. So you paint a little, you let that layer dry, you drink wine, you mingle around, you hang out with these other people that have come, then you go back, you paint, and then the next thing that they show you to paint, um, they give you kind of different options. And you also, you don't have to paint, they kind of give you just some um, inspiration. So there might be a picture of a, a waterfall or maybe a sunset. But if you want to go rogue and you just want to paint your own thing, that's completely fine. Um, it's encouraged, actually. Um, but usually, you know, sometimes people, they need that sort of uh, something to get them going, something, you know, what should I, what should I draw, right? You know, I have no idea kind of thing, um, which is great. That, and what happens, you know, is you'll get a room of 50 people that by the end of it, you know, who's saying of how much wine is coming between each paint layer, um, that people, you know, again, open up that sort of things, as you know, that, that uh, alcohol, especially wine, you know, kind of takes all out. Um, that kind of social awkwardness makes kind of it's a good icebreaker for people. Hence, why yeah, and they if have you don't if you hours. don't draw something great, you can always blame it on the wine, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, what's fun is that you know if the people that choose to follow one of the paintings is you'll get a room of fifty people. 
um, all, you know, painting the same thing, essentially, but how different each thing will look. And based on the colors that people did or, or the shapes, the way they see it, the size, the scale to it. Um, and also, of course, um, you're going to see people that are just fantastic artists. For some, maybe some people who, um, you know, art is art, but, you know, comparison next to it, when you wouldn't say is as nice. But that's the fun thing of it, is that everyone has these different, these different creativities, these different views on it. So I think it's really fun. I think that's a great idea. Um, because again, it's, it's allowing that adults, as adults, we have to schedule in fun. Um, we don't, you know, we, we live these lives that, you know, our, our life isn't just taking enough and, and having fun and living life. And as they say, you know, just being a kid. That's why kids don't slow down. There's no rush to grow up. It's a trick. You know, they, it is. Uh, that is. Yeah. It is a trick, isn't it? Everybody wants to grow up. Everybody wants to be 16. And, well, 13, I guess, is the first one. And then uh, 16 and then 18 and then 21 and then all of a sudden you you know you're turning 30 and then you're turning 40 and you know it goes by really oh. fast yeah, and the things that you know you start looking at the the wrinkles in your skin waistline you know things before that you don't worry about as a kid and that's the thing is just being young and enjoying it and I think um, you know they're here to say that I don't I have no desire to ever go back in life or to be a kid again but I think we create those nostalgias over time because life is so stressful that as a kid you know, your biggest worries are you know lucky charms and what am I going to wear today or you know is Bobby going to sit next to me that kind of thing and as you grow <laughs> an adult it's real things it's now that you have kids to take for it uh, to take care of it's bills um, it's medical stuff it's stress it's deadlines um, that we are just so go go and we're so focused you know on that finish line of of being successful of having jobs of maintaining a family maintaining certain things or health um, that these just time of fun um, you know we don't get we don't get daily doses of that so um, to kind of schedule that in and, and to allow yourself as I said now they have these books that are top sellers that are these um, really beautiful things because some people they might feel that there's kind of a stigma of if they're afraid to carry around or to purchase knowingly that they don't have children a kid kitty looking coloring book um, that you know they have these things now that are are um, you know, more more gauging towards our adults that look sort of like a painting thing, so that you can you can still feel relaxed, still have fun, but at the same time have that adult sophistication. So, um, you know, again, I think I it's think amazing. You know, I remember as a kid, my one of the things that I loved, loved, loved the most was it was a paint by numbers. It was an oil painting yeah. kit, and of course, like so many young people, I was crazy in love with horses. And I had horses, and so um, it was like I, you know, I always was painting horses. And I don't know where those paintings end up, but I remember how great it made me feel, you know. And some of them were really intricate, and the more, you know, I would like buy ones that were, I would save my money up and then buy ones that I thought were going to be really, really, really hard. And um, so that seems to be kind of the same kind of thing that's going on today, you know, uh, with this, this coloring thing. But I actually still prefer, I love the idea of what you do, as I still prefer to think it's so fun to color in little kids' books. I still oh, think really? that that is really fun because to me that brings back all the memories 
of being a kid, and it lists, I, I feel it allows me to be freer. What do you think? I mean, do you like, I mean, do you, I, you, no, you only use little for, kids' books? For me, for me, I think half the fun, half of the, the why, why it is interesting, why it makes me happy is because it is nostalgic, because it feels silly. It feels, as an adult, um, that is something I think silliness we treasure because we don't get to do that as much. As an adult, you know, you're slowly, um, you know, sort of ingrained and educated, you know, to be an adult, to behave yourself, to not do these silly things, you know, like paying in a color book, coloring in a color book. And I think for me, it brings up that big silly nostalgia fact that it, you know, when people say, in a positive way, when they say, oh my God, I feel ridiculous when, you know, they're put on a Halloween costume or something. Um, but the real thing is, is that it's exciting to them. It feels fun. And it reminds them of a good moment in life. And that was when we were kids. And then, you know, you just you know, brought boring. up, yeah, you just brought up a really good point. And that was um, the point that, you know, like when you put on a costume, I think that's why costume parties are so much fun is because when somebody puts on a costume, they tend to lose their inhibitions. And they, you know, it's like an actor putting on the the wardrobe before taking a, the part in a play or something. You actually become that person. And you feel like it's okay to become that person. So oh. that's why I still think that what you're doing with coloring in little kids' books is just like a really cool thing. <laughs> Because it allows you to become that child again. Yeah, no, I mean, that's just why when people take on, now, you know, have Heather, older egos, that that makes, you know, that they feel in, embodied in that person that they become. I'm sorry, I cut you off. You were going to yeah, say Yeah, Now, you know, uh, let's just talk about the mediums, because what I'm wondering is, you like, um, you know, you're always using crayons or Crayolas or something. You know, what about... Um, like finger paints or acrylics or other kinds of things that you can use. Do you like doing any, you know, do you well, like I mean, it, doing any like, of that? Getting, well, also, I think you, when you're getting into particular paints and different styles and things, there's certain things that uh, are only, you know, are, are made for more heavier painting. So, for example, uh, I'm sure you could do finger paints on it, but the paper that is technically used for coloring paper um, really can only sustain um, a light pen, you know, crayons, pencils, and certain pens, because otherwise it's too heavy on it. Acrylic, I would only use on an actual canvas, same with oils. I mean, so that matters, you know, if you're just talking about painting, painting, you know, those are all kinds of things. And, and you can get things rather cheap if people want to start taking on paint things, and that's why these paint classes exist. And that's another fun thing. You see those all the time. There are people, uh, you know, sitting outside the road doing these kind of, you know, ocean views. That um, for the most part, a lot of fabric stores will offer um, kind of lessons. Uh, it does cost money, but it's usually at a very discounted price. Um, and they can teach you some of the basics if you're trying to get into paint stuff, too, especially if it's just recreational. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's lots of different mean mediums for it, but uh, um, you, I think you really need to have an uh, idea of what level you're trying to see, what you're trying to uh, think of, and also that you have the proper uh, canvas pairing with it. Um, well, you know, um, I think, too, just getting back to, if you're, if you're just wanting to have fun, just get a box of new crayons and, and just play with it. Just get a coloring book for kids. You don't have to get the adult ones. 
and just start with that and see how you like it and see if it gets your creativity. And that is something that we've always done. Whenever we're having a bad day, we'll buy a box of, a new box of crayons. It's there's something nice <laughs> about having that new box of crayons. It makes you feel better. But you know, um, also, you know, the what are they called? Not magic. Mar- I guess are they called magic markers? You know, like you know the. All the colored uh, sharpies and things oh, like yeah, that. Oh yeah, yeah, the ones that Mister Sketch, that, like, all like of those animals and stuff. Right, right, and then you can get you can get stamps that you can do, and you can put them in ink and do the stamps and and just like we were doing this past weekend, I love it that you can get the fake tattoos that you just go on for yeah. a day and the stencils and so there's so many fun things that kids have always you know enjoyed that we can also enjoy now so I think you know the key is is just to go out there and decide that you want to have a little more creativity you want to let yourself go just a little bit in and uh, don't worry about coloring in the lines right just be playful just be playful and think about what it was when you were a kid, how fun you, how much fun you had. And you can have that kind of fun again. Well, wrap it up for us, Heather. That's a, I really, now I'm anxious to get out my crayons and start scribbling. <laughs> yeah, you know, so that's the main thing, too, that you don't have to spend a lot of money on this. You can just buy one at a dollar store, a CVS. You can get them anywhere. For more information on everything going on our shows, go to BeTheStarYour.com as well as BeTheStarYour.org. And when we come back from break, we're going to have a little bit of this and a little bit of that and probably a lot of all of it. So stay with me. You're listening to Star Style, Be The Star You Are. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And we are your empowerment guides. So don't go away. We'll be back. Star you are the star you Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Be the star you are, you are the star. 
plug in your headphones and tune in to enlightening interviews with acclaimed authors and success experts as our Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, gabs with the gurus. Lend us your ears for the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, here's Cynthia Bryan. Find all you need in a light that shines. Well, I'm glad you're still here with us here on Star Style. Be the star you are. Where we always have a lot of fun, we bring you a lot of information. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and I like being your guide on the side and hopefully inspiring you to greater heights as well as helping you through your daily life. Well, this segment, I thought it would be fun just to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that because if you're like me, I tend to read and find out about things and cut articles out and I want to learn as much as I can like every day and so I'm always experiencing reading new things you know and just just getting more information so I thought that this is what we're going to do for today is we are going to um, do a, a few different different things we're going to start it off with ripoffs in social security and identity theft of people who die. So um, what is happening, and this is really, really sad, is that identity thefts now are going to genealogy websites to get social security numbers and other information of the deceased. And Assistant U.S. Attorney General uh, Anthony Gonzalez, who who helps you know put people behind bars, is letting people know that we really have to uh, be careful. Because there was a, a man, well, I mean, there's been many, but I'm just going to give you one example. He was filing uh, e-file credible tax returns and collecting the re- refunds on people who were dead. Now, other thieves that use identities of the deceased, they're being targeted by the IRS too, but they haven't even been behind bars and there's already $70 million in refunds from 19,000 federal returns, and that was just for one year alone in 2011. We haven't even gotten to 2014. So post-mortem identity theft is really shocking, but it's not rare, especially because the victims are not there to complain about it. So each year, the names and personal data of about 2.5 million deceased Americans are used to uh, apply for credit cards, loans, tax refunds, and utility services all fraudulently. Their social security numbers are sometimes easier to find than the credentials for the living. So, you know, dead men don't tell lies and they don't protest when their identities are stolen. So some crooks are, are gleaning the numbers from accomplices working in hospitals or funeral homes. And I find that to be really sad is that, you know, that somebody would actually... Um, be kind of part of a ring and they're working at a funeral home or they're working in a hospital. Now, other other fraudulent people or thieves are getting their information from state-run websites that publish death certificates and they publish the social security numbers. I don't think they should do that, but I guess that's what they're doing. Other ones are buying the social security numbers on the cyber black market. But perhaps the best known source is, wait for it, the Social Security Administration's death master file. That file contains the names, the social security numbers, the dates of birth, and the death of 95 million deceased people. So what it does is it allows employers and financial institutions and government agencies to identify fraud when they're processing applications 
and is reportedly available only to these entities. But what happens is, you know, somebody in a bank takes this and then they sell it. And because federal law requires that a version known as the Social Security Death Index has to be made public, even without Social Security numbers, the index provides enough information for identity theft. And these details are free on genealogy and other websites. So identities of the dead also figure in illegal work. So there was a, a recent federal audit that found that for tax years 2006 to 2011, tax returns reporting $3 billion in income were filed using Social Security numbers of almost 67,000 people born uh, before 1901 who they would now be turning 114 or older. So can you imagine people are, are filing for people that were born in 1901? So federal auditors, they faltered the Social Security Administration for not efficiently updating the death master file. And the 6.5 million number holders that were born between 1901 were not even in it. So it's pretty scary. So I just want to give you a tip if a loved one dies. Here's how to block ID theft. So immediately send death certificate copies by certified mail to the three main credit reporting bureaus and request that a deceased alert be placed on the credit report. You know, and I know when somebody dies, this is the last thing you're thinking about. But if you don't want their ID taken, this is a good way to do it. Then you should mail copies as soon as possible to the banks, insurance companies, and any financial firms requesting account closure and change of joint ownership. Uh, Report the death to the Social Security Administration, and you could even call them at 800-772-1213. In obituaries, don't include the deceased birth date, place of birth, last address, or even their job. And then starting a month after the death, check the departed's credit report at an annual credit report, you know, for any suspicious activity. So we, again, we don't want the dead to get ripped off. Now, uh, this past weekend, I was in Del Mar for a couple of days, which is Del Mar by the sea down in Southern California. And it's so beautiful. And the ocean was warm and it was sunny. And, you know, I just can't get enough of the ocean. So there's something that you should know about the sea and how to be serene because it, it, there is research that shows that something amazing happens when we're near water. There's actually a powerful pull to unclench and to de-stress. And that effect takes hold quickly. People report feeling refreshed and revitalized within just three hours of being by the ocean. And that study was in the Journal of Environmental Psychology. The natural high is dubbed blue mind. And I really like that. So as you're beaching it, be proactive about achieving your blue mind. And what you want to do is unplug from your iPhone or your Android or whatever it is you have and start to melt your tension in as little as 30 minutes. And it's interesting because when we unplug and we, you don't even have to go in the water, just look at the water, listen to the water, smell the water, and try to go in a quiet space. If you watch and listen to the waves, this is a study by um, Sabine Paul. This is a Dr. Sabine Paul, who is an associate professor of psychology at Plymouth University in the United Kingdom, says that people are captivated by moving water. And what moving water does is it helps you wind down and then it restores your natural energy. So 
you definitely want to think about that and you want to try to revitalize yourself. So now a couple of health things that we'll talk about. I mean, we talked about getting creative and healthy through drawing. But um, one thing that you really want to look at is as you work to keep your heart at its peak pumptitude, there's one thing that you can skip in that pursuit. And this might be kind of um, shocking or counterintuitive to what we've been told for a long time. And that is just eliminate fish oil pills. Uh, they have been, you know, long thought to boot heart, boost heart health uh, thanks to the omega-3 fatty acids that they contain. But a recent interview of 21 studies absolutely burst that bubble. And they said that you're better off exercising regularly, keeping your weight in check, and staying away from cigarettes, which, of course, we know all those things are important. And those are all the tactics that prove to cut your risk of cardiovascular disease. And then... You can eat your omega-3s by, you know, having your salmon or your light fish. And uh, that's an, a more important. And just you do not have to, um, don't have to have a, a pill anymore. Also, uh, sunglasses. It is summer right now. And you're going to need them in the morning as well as the afternoon. But the most crucial time to wear sunglasses is and you might be surprised by this, is between 8 a.m. and 10 a.m., and then 2 p.m. and 4 p.m. And the reason this is, this is what uh, Vision Cancel suggests and the ophthalmologists suggest, the reason is because the sun's closer to the horizon at those times, and they're, they're shining, it's damaging UV radiation directly into your eyes. So well, you want to block those rays with a pair of tinted protective lenses so and especially if you're going in a swimming pool or you're out in the water or you're at the beach always make sure to have your sunglasses and if you're having children make sure your children have sunglasses and then it's also good probably to wear a baseball cap or something like that now uh, people always say that you know my middle name is kind of or my three middle names are or um, excitement enthusiasm and empowerment the three e's but, you know, the, now they're having some more research that says if you use the phrase, I'm excited, these will get you through a grueling day. They're considered your fighting words. And it's now uh, been said that you should make, I'm excited, repeat it three times when you're really facing something scary, a long to-do list or or, you know, a boss that you don't like, or, you know, just something you're not really up to. And by saying, I'm excited, I'm excited, you're going to feel as if you have more time to accomplish the tasks at hand. And this was from the Journal of Marketing Research. Because, you know, we're all juggling multiple goals. And this stresses us out, which in turn makes us feel rushed, uh, even if you actually have more than enough hours to get everything done. But if you reframe your anxiety as enthusiasm, and you can lift that time-crunched panic, and then that motivates you to dive in. So try those three words. I'm excited, I'm excited, I'm excited. Just be more enthusiastic, and you will be more empowered. Well, um, last night, I'm on the uh, Elite Squad of Yelp. I don't know if I've mentioned that before. And I'm really enjoying being part of the Elite Squad they have several events a month. I'm not able to attend that many, but I was able to go to one last night at a Peruvian restaurant and had a Pisco Sour. 
And a pisco sour is quite interesting. It reminds me of a margarita, although from what I learned last night, it was actually invented by an American who went to Peru in 1915, and instead of making a, um, what is it called, something sour, something that, what is it, a bourbon sour? Uh, Anyway, it's something like that that people drink here or drank in those days. I don't know if it was a Manhattan or, he decided to use the local alcohol, which is made from grapes called pisco, and he invented what's called the pisco sour. But it is a, a lot like uh, a margarita. And so I, I found some really terrific recipes for other kinds of margaritas besides just the one that you put your tequila in and your fresh lime juice, you know, and maybe a little bit of simple syrup and, and salt on the rim. So I'm going to just tell you a couple of these because I thought they uh, sounded pretty, pretty good. So one is called a tequila sidecar, and this is Houston's Anejo, and it elevates your standard margarita, margarita, especially if you're having entrees, you know, like tamales or burritos or something. And these are 100, um, I mean, there's a lot of different tequilas, but this one is two ounces of Don Julio Anejo tequila with an ounce of Grand Marnier and then uh, Cordon Rouge. I'm not really sure what that is. One ounce of lime juice, a half an ounce of honey water, and two mint sprigs. Now, I've made this one with everything except for that Cordon Rouge, what I don't know. And you shake it vigorously and then you strain it into like a chilled martini glass. And um, that is really, really a good one. Now there's one called a Bloody Maria. And this is from a, a chef named Paul Cahan, who is called the king of the Chicago restaurant scene. And his latest uh, restaurant is called Dove's Luncheonette. And he serves this red chili enchilada, uh, enchilada alongside a cocktail in a mason jar. And it's kind of a cross between American Bloody Mary and a beer-based uh, Michelada, and it has a lot of hot sauce to bring on the heat. So what he does is he does one and a half ounces of a reposada tequila. He does 10 ounces of Bloody Mary mix, any kind. He does some lime juice, and he says a splash, but I always like more than that. And then he does four dashes of Louisiana hot sauce and then a lemon twist for garnish, and he fills a 16-ounce mason jar three-quarters of the way with ice and the Bloody Mary mix, and then tops it with the tequila, the hot sauce, the lime juice, and then he stirs it. And that is a fiery Bloody Mary. Now, the next one is uh, called El Diablo, and it is an Atlanta restaurateur and, um, who was originally a native Texan. So it's kind of fun to see that all of these, you know, these, different, these different chefs are making these different ones. And he opened a Superica at uh, Krog Street Market in Atlanta. And this is a s- sweet cocktail that actually comes from a 1946 recipe. And it is uh, often drunk on Dia de los Muertos, though it does play just as well in the warm weather. So this one is one and a half ounces of a reposado. I, that's a good tequila. Uh, half an ounce of lime juice, half an ounce of creme de cassis, and then ginger beer, three ounces of ginger beer, and a lime wheel. 
and you mix the tequila, the lime, the creme de cassis in a Collins glass. You add crushed ice, and then you chop with ginger beer. And that, to me, sounds so incredibly refreshing as well as really, um, really delicious. I mean, if you haven't had ginger beer, ginger beer doesn't have uh, alcohol in it. It's just yummy. You know, it just tastes like ginger, kind of like a cross between root beer and ginger. Then I think the last one I'm going to share with you is from Philadelphia's El Camino Real, which is undergoing a renovation. And um, this one is really popular as the margarita. It's called the Paloma. And you might remember the song, the, the Mexican song called Paloma Blanca. I know when I lived in Guadalajara, that was, you know, a, a very popular song. And um, a Paloma is a bird. So you mix tequila. And this is just white tequila, five ounces of grapefruit, a soda or grapefruit juice, a splash of lime juice, and then some sliced grapefruit. So this is going to be very tart. Um, it, you know, it might have a kind of a sweetness to it because of the soda, but it definitely has a more tight tart. Fill it with ice, stir gently, and that is something beyond your margarita. So hope you enjoy uh, some of these drinks. I don't know, did I tell you? Yes, I did tell you the sidecar, I think, already. So, um, yeah, so enjoy these these drinks maybe this summer. And if you're not one that drinks alcohol, it's not a problem. Just make these fun drinks without the alcohol, and they'll still be really good. And especially the one that is ginger beer. And anytime you add lemon and lime and mint to a drink, you're going to have something pretty yummy. Well, that's what uh, our little fun segment of this and that for today. And when we come back, we'll have a business bite. And then we're going to go into the garden to get all bugged out or to find out what's bugging you. Stay with me. My name is Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. And we are live on the Voice America Empowerment Network. Don't go away. You Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Creativity thrives in a company when management encourages people to express ideas. To stimulate motivation, invite uh, faculty members from local universities to speak about the frontiers of knowledge in their respective fields. Sponsor seminars and classes that will spark ideas in the minds of your team. Send employees to conferences and encourage them to attend industry association meetings. Get them coloring books and encourage them to color outside the lines. When people are tuned in to what's happening beyond the scope of their company's policies, innovation soars and new opportunities and solutions to problems occur. By growing the minds of your people, you will grow your company. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit star-style.com or for coaching or consultations, call 925-377-7827. That's 925-377-STAR. Be the star you are. Light up the flame. 
Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax-deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. BeTheStarYouAre.org Be the lucky star you and jumpstart your dreams with positive, life-changing interviews and star-studded conversations on our award-winning program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, hosted by the passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Find all you need in a light that shines. Well, thank you for staying with us here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're hoping that you do find a life that shines. That's what Star Style is all about. That's what Be the Star You Are encourages you to seek because seek and you shall find. Well, imagination is everything. It's the preview of life's coming attractions. Albert Einstein said that. And if 60 is the new 40, gold is the new green and driving a dirty car is the sign of being environmentally correct, it's time to talk about what is really bugging us. With the drought, many homeowners are experiencing an invasion of uninvited insects and varmints hungry to eat what's left of our crops, uh, while some are dining on us as main courses. Although many of the insects, such as lady beetles, ground beetles, lacewings, praying mantis, and predatory nematodes that visit our gardens are uh, beneficial biologicals, the ones that we want to bug out are the bugs, the arachnids, the arthropods, and other, uh, other species that bother, interfere, destroy, and or traumatize. So we're going to talk about some of the bugs that really bug us. Ants. Ants in the garden are actually dining on the sweet honeydew made by mealybugs and aphids. And although some species of ants feed on soft plant tissue or seeds, You'll usually find ants crawling up and down plants where they are herding colonies of aphids or mealybugs. Now, if you grow artichokes, you probably witness ants infesting the chokes. Armies of ants on the kitchen counter in summer are screamable because make a tea of cayenne pepper, lemon rind, mint, rosemary, and clove. If you spray that on your soil and in your kitchen, you are going to get rid of those ants. Another thing that I have used for ants is I cut a a lemon peel and squeeze the lemon juice on the ant trail and leave the lemon peel there. They don't, they usually die and they don't like to climb over it. Fruit flies. Well, summer is such a wonderful time for fresh fruit. And stone fruit like apricots, peaches, plums, prunes, nectarines are ripe and ready right now. And whether you buy them at the farmer's market or grow them in your backyard, if left in the fruit bowl, fruit flies will appear. The eggs could be in the fruit or the flies could be flying in through an open window or door. Fruit flies are just a nuisance, doing little harm except being annoying. 
So like, keep your compost bucket outside and covered during the summer. Because if the fruit flies are bothering you indoors, what you do is you could add vinegar, wine, and a piece of any fruit to a bowl. If you cover it tightly with foil and then you punch holes in the foil, then you can just watch those fruit flies drown. Ticks. Now, ticks are not going to damage your garden, but they could cost you a trip to the emergency room or the hospital. So what ticks do is they attach themselves to the fur and feathers of animals and birds. And now often they reside on grasses or brush and they hop onto any warm-blooded creature where dinner awaits. As gardeners, hikers, or animal lovers, ticks are a common problem. Wearing long sleeves, removing clothing, and washing your hair after being outdoors may help in the prevention of tick bites. However, because of the possibility of Lyme disease or a severe allergic reaction, it is best to see a medical professional immediately when bit by a tick. If you remove the tick, make sure to save it in a jar for identification. That will help the physician enormously. Now, uh, you might remember, oh, it's been about a month ago, I was bit by a tick. And I actually was working on my computer uh, when the tick hit me in the neck. I think it fell out of my hair because I had been out in the garden. I'd worn a baseball cap, but um, so I didn't think I needed to wash my hair immediately. But I imagine it must have got on my hair, and when I let my hair down, it fell onto my neck and it bit me. I immediately looked at a mirror, got out my tweezers. I, you know, I put iodine on them. I cleansed them. I got them sterile. I got out the tick head, but within minutes, my entire neck swelled up. And then it kept swelling until I got to the point where I was having trouble breathing and swallowing. I had to go to an urgent care where they said they'd never seen anything like it, and a secondary infection called cellulitis started right away, and that was from just trying to get the tick bite out. Um, I had to have doxycycline, I had to have injections, I had to go, then I had to go to the hospital after that. So it was really crazy. Uh, one little tick, it wasn't even the size of a pinhead, caused so much damage uh, to me, and I still have this scar here from this tick bite. So don't fool around with them. What the uh, physicians told me is that I am now considered highly sensitive to tick bites. And if it's above the waist, they said do not waste any time. Just get right into emergency room or urgent care. So I urge you to do the same thing because um, these little little guys are really uh, are not only a nuisance. They are, they are bad, bad, bad little bloodsuckers. Well, talking about bloodsuckers, how about buzzing, buzzing bloodsuckers, the tiny vampires that wreak havoc on humans that we call mosquitoes. They are considered public enemy number one in the fight against global infectious diseases. Now, interestingly, only the female has the mouthparts to suck our blood, and they home in on exhaled carbon dioxide, certain body odors, heat, and movement. Now, the itchiness you feel after a bite is an allergic reaction to the saliva. The only good news about these vectors is that birds, frogs, bats, turtles, and dragonflies eat them in the garden. But you do have to empty any standing water as they breed rapidly, and they can breed in they can breed in one day in one teaspoon of water. 
So can you imagine you have one teaspoon of water and you can breathe. So slather on the DEET when you're outdoors. Plug in a large fan because that will blow them away. And you might want to plant centronella plants on the patio. It may help. I mean, it's not completely helpful, but it may, it may help a bit. I, too, am allergic to mosquitoes. And though when I get bit, they get the size of, like, a, a silver dollar or even bigger. So um, the problem with the mosquitoes are the diseases that they carry. And you don't want a West Nile disease, uh, you know, which is, they, we have that now here in the United States. So be very, very careful. Now, aphids, now these are true bugs, and they puncture plant tissue, and then they suck the juice out. They attack peppers, tomatoes, cucumbers, carrots, and many flowering plants. Now, they prefer to be upwind in a garden, and as I said earlier, they are often herded by ants. So if you overfeed with nitrogen, that encourages aphid infestation as they love eating new growth, and they multiply rapidly. Now spray with water mixed with dishwashing detergent and you can use row covers on crops and that could keep them away. Now I was looking at my rhododendron the other day and I saw all this white stuff and as I looked closer, sure enough, my rhododendron, which normally doesn't get aphids, was absolutely covered in aphids and all I did was get some dishwashing detergent. Uh, I mixed it in a spray bottle with water, went out and sprayed it really, really well so that and I, uh, both sides of the leaves, everywhere, so that it was just drenching in the dishwashing detergent. They're gone. There's no more aphids. They're completely gone. Now, earwigs. It's a myth that the name was derived because these pinchers drilled into the ears of sleeping humans and burrowed into their brains. So that's what, it, that's what history has told us, is that's why earwigs were called earwigs. But they are omnivores, and they do tunnel into fruit and to bulbs, as well as they dine on lettuce, potatoes, roses, zinnias, artichokes, corn, and many other plants. So you can make traps out of little small cardboard boxes, and you can bait it with a piece of meat and some oil. And what they'll do is they'll hide at night, and you can just take those boxes and destroy them drown them in the morning. Uh, despite nibbling on plants, they do help gardeners, though, because they do devour other predatory insects. So, you know, it's a toss-up with earwigs. They nibble on our plants, but they also help us get rid of other bad things. Now, with California drought a reality, we can expect more intruders in our landscape, pillaging, biting, and sucking. So you've got to get creative with some natural tonics and use your imagination to keep the stinging, nibbling, and gnawing at bay. And that way you can enjoy the coming attractions of summer. And whether you are in California or you're in Arizona or if you're in the rainier states of Washington or Canada or uh, the country of Canada or, you know, Oregon or something, you know, the bugs are everywhere. Whether it's wet or dry, they seem to be there. So here are a few uh, mid-month tips for, for um, August. Peruse bulb catalogs for um, tulips and daffodils that you want to buy this fall for November, January planting. Plant succulents and cactus for the most effective waterless garden. And you can discover the benefits of mini clover as a lawn alternative. And then spend a morning at your local farmer's market and load up on veggies and um, uh, because you're going to find some really great things there. And this is the time of year. 
And if you're not growing them in your garden, you might as well. And then learn to harvest some beans. It's time to get your eggplants, your greens, peppers, before they reach their full size. And then smaller vegetables are actually more tender and tasty. I picked my um, zucchini and squash this morning. And the ones that are bigger, they, they're good, but the little ones are really good. And you might want to beautify your landscape with pavers or crushed granite paths and plant some creeping thyme between the stones. And uh, that is what I have for you today. So thank you so much for being great listeners and allowing us into your life every week. So we want to make sure that you are tuned right here to Star Style, Be the Star You Are with me, Cynthia Bryan, and then, of course, Heather Brittany in our segment one with Health Matters and our Tea for Two, a mother-daughter brew. We also like to bring you uh, best-selling authors and uh, experts from around the globe because we want you to change your life to, for the better, and we want your dreams to come true. For more information about Star Style Productions or to purchase any of my books, Be the Star You Are, Be the Star You Are for Teens, the Business of Show Business, Miracle Moments, Blessings of Love and Relationships, or Chicken Soup for the Gardener's Soul, check out the website star-style.com or you can go to the radio site starstyleradio.com and just go to our store, The Money Benefits, The Charity, Be the Star You Are, a literacy charity that is empowering families and women and youth. And that website is Be thestarur.org. So my aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. We want you to see beyond your physical being, know that you already are a star, and just dream of being it and do it. So cherish the past, dream of the future, yet celebrate every moment of your life. So imagine your dreams as if they already exist, speak as if they already exist, and act as if they already exist. Until next week, when we play again in our power playground, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. Again, my name is Cynthia Bryan. I thank you and encourage you to be the star you are. Live in star style. Have a wonderful week. Dream, create, inspire, and make a difference. And we will talk next week. Thanks for listening. The star you are, be the star you are, you are the star, be the star you are, keep caring. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.